0: My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our program will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership, and to this end, I'm delighted to welcome Alistair Corrie onto today's show. Uh, Alistair is a chartered accountant and agile consultant, and he combines both of those professions to help organizations truly understand and adopt the ways of working which best suit their ambitions, and he has applied the agile mindset to help government departments publicly traded National corporations, as well as working pro bono with organizations such as local police authority. Um, on top of that, he's also the co-founder of the Cory Partnership Limited. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking all things agile and its incredible potential and how best to implement it. Uh, so, without further ado, Alistair, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. This is this is a real honour, a real treat. So, really looking forward to um, to exploring these ideas together.
0: Uh, likewise, Alistair, and it's fantastic for me welcoming you onto the uh, the program as well to really share your expertise. And uh, should we start with the uh, with the burning question for those not familiar with agile and the agile mindset? um what actually what actually is it?
1: So I think um the way I think of agile is it, is it is it is very much a mindset, and it's for me, it's a way of working. um and I think to help explain, where we're trying to go with this. Um, I've got a number of agile is dot, dot, dot. Do you remember the love is dot, dot, dot? Those little cartoons. Mm. I've got a few of those for agile. But the, the main one for me is that agile is figuring out the most effective way of delivering an outcome. And so anything that is getting in the way of that then is It could be improved, basically. So if we're figuring out the most effective way of delivering an outcome at any given time, and obviously that changes um, as circumstances around us change, as the people working on the project change and so on. Um, But constantly keeping in mind, is this the most effective way of delivering an outcome? And therefore, Everything that we do is around increasing the speed of the flow of ideas between the brains of the individuals working on the whatever it is that we're working on, the project, the the product, the deliverable, etc.
0: So it's rooted in adaptability then, isn't it? And we could say that Mm -hmm. the sort of uh, the inverse to the agile mindset, therefore, is maybe kind of a more rigid approach.
1: Yes, um, I think it's, it's probably quite an easy way—an easier way to understand what it is by discussing what it isn't. Um, so certainly, uh, what we're looking at is. Um, the opposite of Agile being a bureaucratic mindset or a fixed mindset. Um, uh, so something that is, any, anything that is, you know, stuck sort of stuck in its ways, if you will. Um, and, you know, we, we all know, I mean, with my childhood accountancy background, we know that there is there are good reasons for having go- governance and risk management and all those good things. And, and those are still important. But I think as we delve further into agile, the agile ideas, the practices and the principles, we actually learn that uh, risk management and governance are actually built into agile ways of working if they're done properly. And again, like with most things, um, it is very easy to Um, to think we're doing the right thing and get it wrong a little bit like training you know when you're when you're in the gym you think you're doing the squats right but actually you're you're probably Mm. about to hurt yourself because your your legs aren't quite in the right place which is why we need somebody to to be spotting us and and helping us with that
0: and in the context of leadership today um, why do you feel that the agile mindset is necessary for success
1: So uh, the first thing is that um, there is a misconception that uh, because Agile talks about things like self-organizing teams and autonomous working and and all of those good things, because of that, there is a misconception that agility is not required um, to make Agile work. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You actually need to create the right environment for agility to work. If we are talking about Freeing people's minds to be able to solve problems, to innovate, to move things forward at an ever faster rate. One thing that we need to make sure of is that we're in the right psychological space to do all that. And that ultimately comes its the, it's the leadership that creates the culture. Um, and so leadership is absolutely critical to that. And there is, in my mind, there is the right type of leadership and the wrong type of leadership for, um, for agile to work mm-hmm. or not to work.
0: And uh, what would you say sort of the hallmarks of the right and wrong of those forms of leadership are then, just for those leaders that might be tuning into this?
1: Yeah. So, So I think very simply, most leaders today have probably... They've probably read all the books and they've probably attended most of the seminars or most of the uh, workshops and, and got the certifications in the right type, what I call the right type of leadership. So we're talking about an emotionally intelligent um, servant leadership. We're talking about the type of leadership that is um, mentoring um, and coaching the the um, their colleagues rather than trying to control them, trying to, you know, sort of beat them up and, and get them to stick to a plan and so on. So it's it's moving away from the bureaucratic command and control leadership to a, um, you know, a, well, I, I call it modern leadership to try and encompass everything. But if you think about emotional intelligence, servant leadership, enabling leadership, all those words, they kind of help describe what we're looking for.
0: And would you say there are any sort of common traps that business leaders and entrepreneurs can fall into that may be sort of an impediment to sort of implementing the agile mindset to its full potential?
1: I think there are. I think with um w- with just humans generally, we w- we we have fall into certain we fall into certain traps, certain assumptions. Um, the, there's an assumption that. Um the, the leaders are the ones with the information and the knowledge and the know-how um, and the doers should just be doing what they're told. Um, and I think that in today's um, environment is is incorrect because we're missing the ma- the massive opportunity to actually engage all the brains in the organization. I think Dave Marquet in his book, Turn the Ship Around, I'm sure most people have, have come across that book or read it. Um, the, he talks there about the fact that as a as a traditional leader he is the only person with the decision making power and he has 134 people who are basically waiting for his instructions he turned that ship around and made, and created 135 decision makers, 135 leaders, if you will, in their own areas. And he talks in that book about how you still maintain control and, um, you know, and governance within that structure, but allowing everybody to come up with the best solutions, and as we know from that story, which is a fantastic case study. Uh, they went from being the Santa Fe, the the submarine that he uh, that he was on, uh, went from being the worst performing to the best performing in the space of about a year or so. Um, and there are other stories like that in in um, both in the military and in business that prove to us that these ways of working and this this mindset really, really is quite powerful and helpful.
0: And interestingly, I mean, we've alluded to the fact that in some senses managers and leaders today still try to control everything from people to processes and albeit we've kind of moved away in leadership from the sort of drill sergeant style command and control in a sense there is still that element of wanting to sort of oversee everything isn't there and uh, I was wondering if you could sort of share a little bit of insight into sort of why that is still the case because I suppose that itself as well is still a barrier to really sort of implementing agile properly. Mm.
1: It it, it is. Um, And I think that I think there there are a number of threads that um, help explain why we are where we are. Part of it is um, what we've inherited from the people who were our leaders Um, Mm -hmm. as as somebody who started working um, in the the late 1980s. um, Very much there is a command and control structure going on there. And so we come out of that unless we are unless we are intellectually and Emotionally shown a different way, it's hard to know when we become leaders. It's hard to know that there is an alternative. And although we are constantly hankering after a better way, and we we read Stephen Covey and so on, and we go, yes, yes, I wish we could do it that way. Ultimately, the the culture of the organisations that we work for drag us back um into that. So I think part of it is just our history and i think um and part of it also is in some cases is personality styles i think there there's some of us who are more um more trusting more able to re- to be relaxed enough to allow things to evolve for a little while um whereas others very much Feel of, and often it's the fear of letting down the team. I, I, I notice this a lot. People, you 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 get promoted into a leadership role, and you don't want to let your team down, and therefore you try and control everything. It actually has the opposite effect to what you're what you're trying to do. So I think a couple of main themes that have led us to where we are.
0: Mm, Yeah I completely understand where you're coming from I think sometimes leaders can be the best intentioned can't they yeah in terms of looking over their colleague's shoulder but it can be quite sort of off-putting and quite imposing can't it whereas if you do sort of take that step back and allow people to have that sort of independence show that trust in them and what they're doing it can really help them to sort of really unleash that potential. I think you're
1: right I think most most people are well-intentioned and I think most people are trying to do their absolute best. They just don't have the information and the experience that there is um, a a better alternative that they can do Uh, which is why it's good to be able to practice these things in within small experiments or even outside of the work environment and practice the main ideas of agile and the main ideas of this type of leadership to see that they work and as soon as you have that confidence that it is working you're then more likely to bring that back into um, a, a corporate environment.
0: And I suppose there's almost, uh, for that kind of hands-on leader who is always over the shoulder of their colleagues, a little bit of a um, a failure, if you will, in the sense of their strategic role, isn't there? Because when you are trying to still control everything on the the shop floor, let's say, the focus, uh, you take your eyes off the ball in terms of the greater strategic vision, don't you? And I think it's been proven to us um, quite clearly in uh, in recent years that uh, you know the future is anything but predictable. So you have to plan strategically, and if you sort of if if, if your attention is diverted away from that, uh, the consequences can be can be quite dire, can't they?
1: They certainly can, and I and I think it's um, you know we we, say, uh, we we hear these phrases, don't we? If you if you Fail to plan you plan if you, if you yes if you fail to plan you're planning to fail and and that is a, a truism but there's also a, an opposing truism which is that no plan survives contact with the enemy so how do you marry those two things together and I think um, the agile mindset allows us to do that in that we have to plan more more rigorously more rigorously and more frequently than we do in a traditional um, plan-driven approach, because um, basically almost every day we are revisiting the plan based on the new information that we have, and we are ad- adapting our plan in order that we stay focused on that outcome that we're looking to to deliver. So, if the plan is is taking us off course and we're not going to deliver the thing that we promised, then we need to change the plan. We don't change the end goal; we change the plan, and that's that's how we try and you know, that's how we we. Create success, basically, and that's
0: sort of the agile mindset in uh, in a nutshell, isn't it? So, uh, just for again the uh, the listeners that are that are tuning in, and uh, if we talk about um, sort of agile in action, are there any quite sort of famous or obvious case studies where it has been successful that we can draw upon?
1: there are more and more these days which is which is really exciting and i think it's um it's not hard to to find them and uh, and some of us are sort of collecting them and, and i love collecting them so if anybody's got a great story to tell please um please do um let, let us have that but i think for me the the big thing about the agile mindset and these ways of working is that we're not just making small improvements we're not improving something by one or two or three percent um we're actually making really really significant changes and the way i like to describe it is we would normally you know we'd break open the bottles of champagne if we managed to improve something by five percent i mean that would be just massive but what what we're looking at with agile is what if That 5% number becomes the new goal. Uh, An example of this is that I I have is around um, the cost of um, taking uh, a kilo of payload into space. Um, So during the space shuttle program, um, this was around $26,000 per kilo of payload. This was back in um, 1995, so $26,000 per kilo. If we improve that by, say, $1,000, we would be like, wow, that's fantastic. We're, we're taking tons and tons into space on a, on a regular basis. Now, what's interesting is that when we, when we get to uh, what uh, SpaceX is doing, for example, um, they got this number down to $1,900 per kilo. So that thousand or so dollars that we wanted to save now becomes the new number. And which, which is, which is massive. So it's not an 8% improvement. It's an 8%. It's the 8% of the original cost, which is now the number. And, and it, and it goes beyond that now because, um, they're actually in 2020, they took that, they half almost halved it again. And it's now under a thousand dollars, um, to go for. And the goal, this is, this is what's so fascinating. The goal is to get it down to a hundred dollars per kilo. And they're working on that right now. So we've gone from $26,000 down to a hundred dollars so um it the, the effort to create a you know a thousand dollar saving would be massive but that same effort has created a completely different outcome by looking at this and, and, and there are story after story after story another one i've got of a friend of mine giles um lindsey's an agile coach mm. he took a team um of um people who were They they delivered three projects in the previous six months before he arrived, just three projects in six months. So that would be, um, you know, six in a year. He actually, within the next 12 months, delivered 109 projects. Mm. Now, if he had doubled from six to 12, he would have been thought of as a hero. But to go from six to one hundred and nine, and the, the, those are the sorts of things that we can look at and if we work together, we will find ways um, of delivering these things. Um, another famous story, a last one i 'll just I'll just ping here, which is um, it used to take three m around three seven years to um, to go from concept to launching a new product. Mm. Um, and, um, there's a, there's a great story, which I can, I can share the link with, um, which, um, where the, the person requesting the, the new product said, well, I need it in seven weeks, not seven years. Um, and because they applied some agile principles, they figured out how to do this. They actually delivered it in five weeks. So from seven years down to five weeks to deliver, um, a, you know, a new product, um, is, is just. These are the sorts of things that I get very, very excited about, and that I want to be able to share. Because imagine the impact that's going to have on humanity, and how we end up—you know—how we end up progressing humanity over the next hundred years.
0: It's incredible, isn't it? And It isn't necessarily just big businesses where this is applicable either, is it? I mean, you've been working in um, in sort of a, the fintech space, and actually applying the agile mindset as well to great success, also.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, um, in in my own personal examples, um, we uh, when, I, when I was working at at a fintech, we were we were using agile very much outside of software. We were just using it to deli- to roll out a new um, to to, ro- to roll out the adoption of some tech, but not the tech itself. Um, and again, we used um, Agile principles there. Um, and rather than spend, I think it was it was going to be close to 26 million pounds to to launch, to, you know, to all the things that you need to drive the adoption. We actually did that with basically no extra cost, you know, no extra financial cost than the cost of us humans that were already working there. All we did was we used increments of time um, and we worked with each other uh, to to roll this thing out and what was amazing was that without spending all that money and just by doing it ourselves by applying these principles we actually ended up delivering um a a rollout that was six times faster than the next fastest rollout um, according to according to Microsoft who we were working with at the time they said that for for a company at our size we were six times faster than the next fastest and again that was and that was without you know shelling out you know, millions of pounds it was it was really amazing really enjoyed
0: that absolutely amazing some of the uh, you know the impact that the uh, the agile mindset can have when implemented properly and um, i suppose again um just in light of the uh, the listeners that are tuning in what practical steps can we actually take to sort of move toward the agile mindset away from that more sort of bureaucratic one that we've uh, that we've already talked about
1: mm. so i think the uh, th- there are a number of ways to approach this um so there are um, our, our, there are eight main ideas of agile, and we can we can focus on those. I think as a starting point. But there's also there are also various versions of something called the Agile Leaders Manifesto. So this is looking at um, what we would what we should do instead of what we maybe are doing. And there's there's a number of those. But the, the I think probably the eight ideas help us sort of you know bring all this together. Um, and the the first idea is this concept of focusing on the customer, focusing on the user. Um, and making sure that they are front and center. and within that, we're focusing, as we've already mentioned, we're focusing on outcomes, not outputs. So it's not about delivering I, I, I use it in sporting algebra, we're in the middle of the World Cup, so this makes sense. Um, scoring a goal is an output. Winning the game is an outcome. Mm. You can score a lot of goals and still lose the game. <laughs> so it's focusing on the outcomes. I think those two there are uh, sort of, you know, are the, are the first big idea. The next one is, of course, collaboration and really learning how to collaborate. We, we think that's easy and we take it for granted. But there is some really amazing nuances around collaboration that we need to, um, need to look at. And the, the purpose of that collaboration is to deliver value now. So um, you want to deliver something of value to the customer every iteration. We, we love uh, working in small, um, contained amount periods of time. And after every period of time, whatever that is, whether it's an hour or two weeks or a month, we want to be delivering something of value that the customer can look at and then can, can review and, and discuss with us. The, the the next thing, of course, is adaptability. We've touched on that one already. We need to then be adaptable to the information that's coming back, but we need to make sure that we change our plans based on evidence. Um, that that's principle number or idea number five. Make sure that we're using hard evidence, real data, to help us to understand where we're going and what we're doing, um, and so on. And if you think of a spaceship, uh, we just you know just landed mm. back from our, our trip around the moon, right? Um, but a spaceship. As I'm told, I'm I'm not not an expert, but I'm told that a spaceship is almost permanently off course, but constantly using feedback and evidence, it is basically getting itself back on course by making minor little adjustments along the way. Um, The sixth idea, then, is transparency. Um, I think that kind of is self-evident, but it's really interesting how hard it is for us to be transparent because it it requires trust. Uh, And point number seven, then, is simplicity. How simple can we make this to, um, can we explain our ideas simply simply? Can we um, can other people explain it back to us and on to other people as well? And that's how you move away from being a command and control leader is when you see your ideas moving through an organization without you doing the explaining. And and so simplicity is really, really important there. And we've touched on modern leadership um, already. So this this idea of creating the right psychologically safe environment for all the brains that we've, we've spent all this money hiring these best brains in the world we always pride ourselves on hiring the best and we do but and then we do the wrong thing in terms of controlling those brains and doing things which get in the way of their of their thinking capacity so modern leadership is number 8 mm. in that.
0: Yeah, fantastic, and um, I think it's important as well um, with the anecdote of the uh, the spaceship that we talked about just now. I mean, does that sort of allude to the need for a little bit of almost a uh, a coaching element to uh, to leadership as well? In the sense that you know, those in um, sort of you know control on the ground, they are helping guide the ship on course because it's slightly off course throughout the entirety of the time and it's correcting itself along the way. Um, But they still trust those who are on board to do the job as well. So that's kind of the perfect anecdote, Correct. isn't it?
1: I think I think that's a really good development of that anecdote, absolutely. And I think it. and, and coaching is vitally important. Uh and, and I'm one who has resisted um coaching and being coached for a very, very long time. I hopefully I'm over that now, but, but I it was always kinda of like that feels like a waste of money, that feels like I'm I'm bringing somebody in who doesn't know what I know, so how can they possibly help me, Um, and so on. But just having somebody who can observe, and and I'm always impressed with tennis players, how they will have coaches who can never do what they can do, the tennis players can do, but they are invaluable to the overall success of what's going on because they can see things that – we can't see when we're you know when we're in the middle of it we we can't see it and so vitally important i think to have somebody it's not it's not about you know holding your hand 24 seven but having being able to check in with somebody say once a week once a fortnight or something and and talk through the things and and figure things out together um and bring a different perspective i think is is really really helpful so uh, yeah i definitely would agree with that
0: it's almost like um being in the gym isn't it something that we talked about um, as well already in the sense that you might be thinking you're doing the squat absolutely right in your own head, yes, yes. but then as soon as somebody looks at you in the form that you have, they might have right. one or two things to uh, to pick out that you can use to improve
1: I, I, that happened to me just today this morning I was in the gym today, and uh, I've been doing squats for you know forever and um and, and still um bless him legos uh, could you just hold could you put your feet just a little bit wider apart there you go now you've got it and of course i can't see myself doing it because i'm not doing it in the mirror so mm. so it, it doesn't matter i think the um yeah the, the story of the skiing i don't know if i've shared this one with you um i've, I've been skiing now for 14 years um and um, <laughs> it's quite embarrassing really because i just i felt epic i've always felt <laughs> like I know what I'm doing. Um I you know and I and I can cope with most things and I, I enjoy black runs and all those things and I just think, oh yes, you know. And then and I'm normally carrying the GoPro, so I you know, I'm videoing everything else and I'm videoing other people skiing and I'm going like yes, I must look like that. They look awesome. And <laughs> one day recently my wife um said, Can I can I play with the GoPro a bit? And I said, Yeah, sure, that'd be great. And she filmed me skiing. And I was horrified. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was so shocked. I mean, the only way I can describe it is that I looked like a chimp on a toilet. Um, that's basically what. And I thought I was, you know, in the perfect position for skiing, and I wasn't. Um, but without without seeing myself from outside. I wasn't able to do anything to to change that. Um, And and that was a real lesson for me, Um, a real lesson in humility for starters, Um, but also one in, hey, we really need other people to help us um, on this journey because we have blind spots.
0: Mm we absolutely do and that's food for thought for anybody that's tuning into this do look into who can externally observe you because they may pick out things that you never ever thought of before absolutely right and just a reminder as well to anybody that is listening into this episode today um, if you do have you know your own perspective on any of the issues that we've discussed today to bring directly to the discussion table um, you can apply to actually be on our podcast as well via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply or if you simply wanted to leave a comment on what we've discussed, share your own experiences, or even ask a question, you can do so via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us as, as well, if you didn't want to go as far as featuring on the programme. Um, for now, Alastair, I have to say it's been an immense pleasure welcoming you onto the, uh, the show, and it's been really enlightening for me, and it's a shame that we're running short of time, because I could literally sit and discuss this with you all day. But before we do uh, we, we do wrap things up, having talked all about the, uh, the agile mindset, I was just wondering uh, what some of your sort of personal Milestones, goals, and ambitions are for the year ahead of us. As you look to sort of help more leaders really implement that to the best possible effect.
1: Absolutely, I think for me, it's um, I, I'm I'm looking at creating a, um, uh, a creating a little bit of a competition, like a bit of a game show. It will be a, like a like a Commonwealth Games. It will be the friendly games, but I want to be able to show people. Um, that side by side have people see uh, a a team approaching a task in an agile way and in a non-agile way and looking at the differences. I've run these sort of uh, privately um, for for a while now, and I've seen some amazing impacts and differences. Um, So I'm looking to expand all that. So for me, the the, the most important thing is helping people to um, understand the information um, and being able to adopt it um, by, by using experiments and by using games, um, and by experiencing it in themselves, um, so they can get to where they want to get to. Because I think, you know, if we, if we can do this across, across government, if we can do this across businesses, if we can do it in charities, all these places that I, that, you know, that I'm trying to get in more and more involved with, um, you know, we're going to have some amazing outcomes and, you know, and we can all, we can all save money. We can, we don't need to hire as many people as we thought we did because we're all, Delivering more and better, and, and so on. There's some, you know, I'll, for another podcast, maybe the the financial impact of this and the benefits um, will be quite an interesting one to to delve into. But yeah, for me, it's like you know, how many people can we help to understand and adopt.
0: And like I say, some incredible ambitions and aims there. And I do sort of wish you all the luck in the world in really going and executing that to the best possible effect, uh, Alistair. And uh, as you've um, potentially suggested there, I'd love to welcome you back onto the sharing future to maybe discuss more about Agile, the benefits, and maybe even see um, where you are with uh, sort of the developments of the uh, the game show style uh, thing that you're looking to, uh, to launch as well.
1: Perfect. Love to do that. That'd be really great. Thank you, Scott. Brilliant.
0: And it's been my pleasure welcoming you onto the programme. And for everybody else tuning into today's show, I do hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed hearing from Agile Consultant and Chartered Accountant, Alistair Corrie today. Um, I've been your host, as always, on today's episode of the Leaders' Council podcast, Scott Challoner And until next time, when we'll be back with a whole new perspective on leadership, please do take care all and goodbye.